Good morning, church. We stand. Let's pray. Are you guys excited for last Sunday before Christmas? Who's excited? Yes. Father, we come into your house this morning with joy and with thanksgiving. God, we're so grateful for what you've done, that you sent your son for us to deliver us and to save us. And I pray that there would just be freedom in this place. There would be joy on our lips, God, and that we wouldn't hold back anything from you this morning. In Jesus' name we pray.
it's the fourth Sunday of Advent. We're thankful for what God's doing, and I hope he worked mightily in your lives over this Advent season. Bless the Lord who forgives all of our sins. His mercy endures forever. Almighty God, to you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from no secrets are hidden. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. Jesus said, the first commandment is this, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. As we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry, and I humbly repent. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on me and forgive me, that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways, to the glory of your name. Amen. Amendment of life in the grace and consolation of His Holy Spirit.
Purify our conscience, Almighty God, by your daily visitation, that your Son, Jesus Christ, at his coming, may find in us a mansion prepared for himself, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Children. Welcome our youth group leaders forward, Thomas and his lovely wife Kristen and my brother Christian, meet every week with the youth of this church, leading them in the ways of God. We want to honor that and welcome them to light the Advent wreath. Amen. Yeah. You can follow along with the responses on the screen. Come and save us, O Lord God of hosts. Come and save us, O Lord God of hosts. Show the light of your countenance, and we shall be saved. O Lord God of hosts. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. Come and save us, O Lord God of hosts. Show us your mercy, O Lord. And grant us your salvation. Give them a round of applause. We'll have the children forward for the blessing of the children. Praise the Lord. Good morning. Our first reading is from the book of Isaiah, chapter 7, beginning at verse 10. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask a sign for yourself from the Lord your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, house of David, it is a small thing for you to weary men. But will you weary my God also? Therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, 
the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and she shall call his name Emmanuel. Curds and honey he shall eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. For before the child shall know how to refuse the evil and to choose the good. The land that you dread will be forsaken by both her kings. The Lord will bring the king of Assyria upon you and your people and your father's house days that have not come since the day of Ephraim departed from Judah. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 80. We'll read responsibly at the Asset. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. Before Ephraim, Benjamin, and Manasseh, restore us, O God. O Lord, God of hosts, how long will you be angry against the prayer of your people? You have fed them with the bread of tears, and given them tears to drink in great measure. You have made us a strife to our neighbors, and our enemies laugh among themselves. Restore us, O God of hosts, cause your face to shine, and we shall be saved. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, it is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our New Testament lesson this morning is from the book of Romans, chapter 1, verse 1, commencing. Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, who was born of the seed of David according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness. By the resurrection from the dead, Through him we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all nations for his name, among whom you also are the called of Jesus Christ. To all who are in Rome, beloved of God, called to be the saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Matthew. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Matthew, beginning in... Chapter 1, verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child 
of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child, and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated, God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded, and took to him his wife, and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And he called his name Jesus, the gospel of the Lord. Well, this morning I want to uh, speak a little bit about the Apostle Paul. As I uh, read the Romans passage this week, I was um, taken back and uh, I ended up doing quite a bit of time just meditating on Paul and his amazing ministry which I thought was kind of unusual since we're in in the midst of uh, our preparation for Christmas uh, and the coming of Christ. But this first chapter of Romans is probably uh, the greatest synopsis uh, of Paul's entire ministry and the way he viewed the entire gospel story. And so I just want to take a little time to make a few points from it this morning as we approach that day that we celebrate the coming of Christ, both his first coming and uh, eventually his second. So the reason Paul ended up writing this most uh, noted theologians think is that he was trying to further convince us uh, of the concept of the righteousness of God and how it was revealed in gospel. And so if you were to study the four gospels according to Paul, that you would you'd be overcome by an understanding of the, the righteousness and the nature of righteousness as we find in Christ Jesus. And so uh, he assured us that everywhere we look, we would see this. That's why we study the Scripture. And that's why we we study it as a whole. We go back and study the Old Testament because everywhere in Scripture, it points, it's a a Old Testament from Genesis forward points towards the coming of Christ. And then the New Testament from Revelation back all points back at him and further 
illuminates the life of Christ and his ministry to us. So as adults who have studied the word, we acknowledge this and we continue our study every week through the reading of the word in our services, hopefully through our meditation at home. And we do this that we might better serve him as the King of kings and the Lord of lords, knowing what it is that he's trying to do upon the face of the earth and how he's asking us to interact with him. You know, one of the things that uh, Paul pointed out uh, this morning was we are, or are not, let's talk about that in a minute, the righteousness of God. And what that means is that we are the evidence upon the earth of all this being true. We're living epistles, he calls us. And as that, that's, that, that really summons quite a, uh, quite a responsibility if you really believe the words that you're reading and you begin to take them at heart. We have certain seasons, as you know, going through the, uh, the Christian year that I have talked about, and, and Lent and Advent are two seasons where we really are asked to take the time to look inside and do some adjusting in being open to the Lord doing some adjusting, maybe even a time of uh, confession to others that uh, you might receive the counsel of God, all for the point of furthering our walk with the Lord, coming closer to him, becoming more Christ-like. Have you ever thought about it in that terms, being like Christ and having the opportunity to be more like Christ? It's, uh, we look in wonderment at who he is, God in our midst, and yet he over and over points out and assures us that we participate with him in that whole project of establishing life on earth, that whole preparation for eternal life in heaven. All that process is done with him and his helpers, us being his helpers, or not. In the Old Testament, the first signs of the righteousness of God were, we saw this uh, structure where we punish sinners and we provide salvation for those who trust in him. Uh, in, In fact, in the matter is, in the Old Testament, it's pretty black and white. We see many instances where good people are very good, and we see where bad people are really bad. And in the Old Testament, God's fair but stern with people, whether groups or individuals. Moses. We use Moses as an example. For instance, we talked about Moses here for several weeks. He missed the cut, didn't he? 
one blow it, and he didn't get to go into the promised land. <laughs> Can you imagine the work that the Lord did in him to convince him and prepare him in so many different stages to become the man even who would lead the people out and then to lead them all those years a stubborn people us only at the end to watch them walk in and him not be allowed to well it does show us that we are in fact interacting with a living God who's alive and well and and very involved in our lives. And our life is really no different in that sense, in that relationship, than Moses or any of the great men and women of the Bible. No, it's hard to put that hat on, isn't it? That's true. Look at... Uh, John House, and he's got three young men sitting next to him. And John, you and I have lived many, many years, and we have great experiences. You know exactly page in line what I'm talking about, but they don't yet, and they're going to have to go through those amazing experiences with God. And hopefully, it'll be uh, even better than it was for us with each generation. Amen. So, we have this Old Testament view where one could say that God was, while fair, very stern with the people. and uh, But the, the emphasis changes as he does literally thousands of years to demonstrate you can't do this through works. You can't work yourself into heaven. You can't be good enough or do good enough. But to demonstrate till we possibly miss it, it's by the grace of God. It's by the grace of God. That's what we celebrate in Christmas. As we sit there and watch our lives unfold and Generally, particularly around the Christmas season, it's a very positive effect in our lives. And we realize how good it is only because of the goodness of God. So we sum up the players. Even though the Gentiles know God from his revelation in nature... They refuse to acknowledge him. And then we have the Jewish people in the big story. They have God's law, but they don't keep it because they don't honor him. See, you, 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 you keep the law when you appreciate the law and you realize what a gift it is. They're special. 
and they were special, but so are you. But they weren't special in such a way that they could just blow off God. They were special in such a way that if they put effort in, God would multiply that to their goodness, to their mercy. And his grace would be that more abundant in their lives. But them, like often us, we didn't want to give up the driver's seat. (laughs) We didn't want to give up the driver's seat. They were special. Therefore, in the Old Testament, as in uh, Paul's passage here, the righteousness of God is revealed as his wrath and judgment often. The wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all the godlessness and wickedness of people. And Paul further identifies him, who suppress the truth by their wickedness. You see, you can't undo the truth just by being more wicked. The truth of God is truth, and it always will stand as truth. Since what may be known, Paul writes, about God is plain to them, Because God has made it plain to them. So there are those who suppress the truth to simply further their own wicked, selfish ways. That's what's going on. But Paul says, no way. God who is righteous will never allow that. Verse 20, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, his eternal power and his divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made, so that people are without excuse. Paul describes our MO, our stupid, simple thinking. For although they knew God, they neither glorified him as God or gave, nor gave us. But their thinking became futile, and their foolish hearts were darkened. And so here again, Paul goes back to refer to, to what's going on in the life of a believer. Or, you know, as you follow the Lord or as you rebel against the Lord. And he said, There's, you're not going to beat this. Those who neither glorify God or served him, what happens is their inside, their heart becomes tainted and eventually dies, becomes hardened. And they're thinking then, which is related to the heart of a Christian, their thinking becomes futile. And their foolish hearts 
become darkened. The direct, the direct result of cutting God out of your thinking. It's impossible to please God acting like this. When we were still sinners, God found us and called us to him. That's reality. Just as the woman is the glory of the man, the man is the glory of God. But make no mistake, glory is given by God alone. You don't create it. Whenever we succeed, we do something extraordinary. I assure you, it's God working through you. Did David slay the giant alone on his own strength? No. Then how did David do it? Hello. It's having the right guy at the right place at the right time. <laughs> Thank you, Jesse. You're a whiz in so many different areas. All right. If we succeed, if we do something extraordinary, it's God working in us. David, he slayed the giant, but not in his own strength. And where it began in David was he believed. He believed. And they didn't believe. The king. Like, take your best shot, man. Well, David did. And he carried God's anointing, which God put on him, because he believed. God, teach us to believe. Let us be Davids who just simply follow you, follow your word, build upon the past experience and your faithfulness throughout our whole lives and continue to grow in you and become more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. What David was good at was following God and believing in God's ability to do the supernatural. 
and that God was for him. David expected God to go before him and take care of his enemies. My goodness if he didn't. It may have been David who threw the stone at Goliath, but it was God who directed his ways. Paul writes in the 22nd verse, Although they claimed to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory, which we've been talking about, of the immortal God for images made to look like mortal human beings and birds and animals and reptiles. You see when he puts it that way, and you've been thinking in terms that we have for the last few minutes, that you're thinking, boy, that is pretty stupid. Yet at the time, people just like us fell for it. Therefore God gave them over to the sinful desires of their hearts, to sexual impurity, for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth about God, the truth we've been talking about, for a lie and worshiped and served created things rather than the creator who is forever praised. Amen. You see, the righteousness of God provide salvation for those who were trusting in him. Because God's actions are consistent with his character. And so he puts forth Christ Jesus as a propitiation for sin. And through faith, believers become united with Christ. And their sins are forgiven. And they have the good standing of a right relationship with their God. That's us. This way of salvation doesn't contradict the law. Rather, it's in harmony with the law. And it demonstrates over and over again in the characters we see in the Bible the life of Abraham. He's justified by faith and receives circumcision as a seal for the justification he received while uncircumcised. Being justified, we now have a good relationship with our God. <coughs> we have a firm understanding in His grace we can rejoice in our hope of sharing in God's glory. Such hope is grounded in what? In God's love for us that will never disappoint us. If you believe that God loves you, 
you can be absolutely guaranteed that you will share in his glory. <coughs> For such a purpose you were created and have your being. And we can thank God that this salvation is universally applicable. I don't have to be as good as you. Because universally God receives us as his people. And he works with the, the really good and he works with the stumblers too. Being willing to take upon him the burden The sin of everyone, past, present, and future. For the purpose of moving us all forward in Him. Amen? Just as Adam's sin affected all of his descendants, so salvation benefits all who are united with Christ. By faith. Now, as we anticipate this second coming, which we will celebrate Christmas Eve, and we celebrate his first coming, let us reveal in our lives to those that are around us within the church and without our wonderful place, our mystical union in Christ, the hope of our salvation. Amen? My goodness, we stand. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible, and in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and is seated on the right hand of the Father. And he shall come again with glory to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead 
and the life of the world to come. Amen. Brothers and sisters, confident that God is with us, let us bring our needs and those of the whole world before the God of all. That the church, enlightened by the Holy Spirit, will proclaim the coming of Christ in word and deed. Lord, in your mercy, that nations will bring about conditions where peace and goodwill will flourish. Lord, in your mercy, that following St. Joseph's example, all fathers will be strengthened in love for their wives and their children. Lord, in your mercy, that those who are sick will be filled with Christ's healing presence. Lord, in your mercy, that those who suffer loneliness, discrimination, or depression will sense God's abiding presences with them and have His peace. Lord, in your mercy, that we who are baptized into Christ will be drawn deeper into our relationship with Him, readying ourselves for His return. Lord, in your mercy, for our own special intentions, Lord, in your mercy, to your will by embracing your plan of salvation, hear our prayer and give us the grace, the desire to do your will above all else. We ask this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Peace of the Lord be always with you. And with, with your, your spirit. spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace. Peace. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Together, through Christ, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise. That is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have. For such sacrifices are pleasing to God.
Yours is the name of love. 
Thanks to the Lord our God. Father, all powerful and ever living God, we do well always and everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ, our Lord. For when he humbled himself to come among us in human flesh, he fulfilled the plan you formed before the foundation of the world to open for us the way of salvation. Confident that your promise will be fulfilled, we now watch for the day when Christ our Lord will come again in glory. So with all the choir of angels in heaven, we proclaim your glory, and we join in their unending hymn of praise. your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he's given up to death the death he freely accepted. He took bread and he gave thanks and he broke the bread. He gave it to the disciples and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup again. He gave thanks and praise. He gave it to the disciples, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let us proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ has risen. And Christ, and Christ will come, come again. again. In memory of his death, 
and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread, this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. May all those who share in the body and blood be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, and all of the clergy. Remember those who are sick and firm in spirit, soul, or body. We hold up this day Susan and Naomi and Sonia and Sandra, Tammy and Denisha and Lori, David, Sissy and Karis family, our Marines and sailors at Camp Pendleton, and all those who serve in the armed services. We also hold up Nell and Jean. Remember those, Lord, for whom we pray. Draw our hearts to remember them. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed to become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints who have gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father, and we have courage as we pray. Our, our Father, Father, who art who in heaven, heaven hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us, and lead us not into temptation. But deliver us from evil, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Christ, our Passover, sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God. Take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called to the supper.
Katie, well, actually, Katie had a baby. <laughs> All right, Abigail, and but I think Mikey gets to take care of it for the rest of his life. That's <laughs> part of it too. And uh, I always suspected that uh, Father Lewis was a crossdresser, <laughs> but I had no idea he was Santa Claus. There you go. <laughs> What a wonderful day this is. <laughs> That's first class, Lewis. I, two thumbs up for that, I tell you. <laughs> well, listen, you just continue having an amazing pre-Christmas get-ready time because uh, it's, it's, it's just a, it's a wonderful day, and we're all looking forward to it, and I'm looking forward to every day tell it. Amen. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, a prince of the heavenly host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of our souls. Remember the gospel, God was in Christ Jesus, reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against them. He loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. And he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And the blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you and remain with you always. Amen.
Let us go forth into the world rejoicing in the power of the Holy Spirit. Thanks be to God. Open up the doors. We are ready. We are ready. We're crying out for more. In your presence, we come alive. Open up the doors. We are ready. We are ready. We're crying out for more. In your presence, we come alive. In Turn. 